Hello, listeners. Welcome to your favorite podcast, The Doubles Alley. I'm here with my cousin Mark. Live, He's live from Miami. I'm live from Paris. Uh, we're going to discuss Wimbledon so far. The gentlemen's semifinals are tomorrow. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it hasn't been as chalk of a draw as uh, men's draws typically are. Um, one name notably missing from the semifinals is Roger Federer's. Um, he's the greatest grass court player ever. Not the greatest player ever. I'm going to be the first to say that just outright without any hedging. He is not the greatest player yeah, ever, but he is the greatest well, grass court player one. ever. Uh, and yeah, he also just has looked a little bit old, um, and it is just kind of a buzzkill that he he doesn't just lose, but he loses just to to Hubert Hercosh. It's not like he lost to you know like Zverev or some up and comer where you could have said this is a torch passing moment. He he just sort of got thrashed by the number fourteen seed. Um, and so, Mark, I have a question for you. Have you ever just we're not saying Federer is totally washed up yet, but maybe he stayed a little bit too long. He's like on the verge of being washed up. Um, do you have any parallels to that in your in your personal life? Like a time where you stayed a little too long and like a little bit of the shine of your like magnificence uh, like was was lost because you stayed a little too long rather than if you had if you had left, like, right at your apex. Well, I appreciate the presumption of magnificence. Um, the fact that an apex could have existed, even just putting that in the realm of possibility is very nice. I, I do relate. I, I have two examples, and uh, the first was a little bit costly, and then the second, the first was financially costly, and then the second was more emotionally costly. Uh the first is I was at a casino once, and it was Thanksgiving, and we said, you know what, let's just go to the casino for an hour. We had watched the movie Casino. We're like, all right, let's go to the casino. So we went, and on my second hand, I was playing a game called three-card poker, and I put down $50, and three of a kind paid 40 to one. And so on my, whatever hand that was, I said, as second or third hand, I won $2,000. I tipped the, the, uh, dealer pretty generously and i said all right i've still got 45 minutes to play i'm gonna play with 200 dollars. i'm gonna keep 1800 about three and a half hours later i was down to 82 dollars or 84 dollars and squandered everything and didn't listen to the inner voice <laughs> and so that was pretty costly and then um the uh second was i stayed in a relationship about two and a half years longer than I should have and it ended up in just kind of a very ugly spat where I had to end up leaving the girl in New Orleans we drove down to New Orleans to watch to be part of New Orleans for the Super Bowl weekend even though we weren't going to go to the game and I just ended up leaving her there and uh, I did have to pay for her to take a flight back the next day but that was uh those are my two examples, and I'm sticking to them. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, those are those are very intense. I have actually a counterexample where <clears throat> I figured out how to leave at exactly the right time. 
there's a a theater uh, on my block in Paris, and I figured out that if you go like thirty minutes before the show starts, the the tickets are on sale for like half off. So I went to a a a string concert. Like with it was, I think it was a cello concert, but there were violins and violas and stuff there, and uh, I got a category four seat, which is like you don't have perfect view of the stage for seven euros, but I was able to move to I was able to seat chase to a category three seat, uh, like right after the the lights turned off, and then. Uh, because the because it was so cheap, I was able to just stay for thirty minutes until it got boring, and uh, you know when the first intermission started, instead of uh, you know feeling like I had to stay for Act Two, I just you know walked home, and it was it was just the perfect exit. Can I follow that up? And I do like the example. Number one, have you ever made it through an entire symphony or some? Uh, classical equivalent without falling asleep or nodding off? I'm not very good at uh, falling asleep while sitting upright. Um, I mean, I would definitely fall asleep if I, if I, if, you know, there were those airport seats where you could <laughs> lean back or, you know, put a pillow uh, on the person's shoulder beside you. But, but no, I've never, I've never fell asleep, but it's not because I haven't wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I like the story, and I'm a little jealous because it definitely costs a lot more than seven euros here, and I'm always asleep by the second intermission. Even though I'm the one who's buying the tickets and excited to go, I just can't. I just can't stay awake the whole time. Um, but have you been? Have you been staying awake for Wimbledon? And then I'd love to get your your take on the tournament so far, and and then we can specifically talk about the subject of our of our uh, opener. Yeah, so I guess uh, there's some some noteworthy some some noteworthy some things to note. Um, I guess the first is that Rafa and team were not playing, uh, so everybody else was just booted up a little bit um, with I their seating. I can't believe you used them in the same sentence. <laughs> yeah, it's like Grand Slam champions, dude. Uh, True, that's absolutely right. <laughs> you know, Dominic Team has never lost a Grand Slam with um, fewer than ten people in the stands. He never has. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then another another name left or was booted the first day. Uh, that was Sitsipas. Um But I mean, I think he has a valid excuse, which is that Roland Garros. He made the finals there. Lost a big five setter to Djokovic. <laughs> And there was like, a, like the normally condensed part of the schedule between Roland Garros and Wimbledon was even more condensed this year. So he had really no time to prep on grass, and he actually had a a tough first rounder. Yeah, um, very tough. So like, we can give him a pass for losing. Um, Not only that, he needed a little time to mourn. I mean, you know, he was one set away. His grandmother had died that morning. Not that the grandmother was a big game changer, but, you know, he needed some morning time, probably the two weeks. I mean, I know Joker, when he's lost tough French Open finals, it takes him the full three weeks before Wimby to sort of get his morale back. 
And even then, he's been a little vulnerable in the early part of the tournament. So I think, I think yeah, he definitely gets a, he gets a sits a pass. Yeah. Yes, it's a pass. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and I guess on the opposite side of that, uh, Tiafo, that was a good result for him. And then he, he consolidated it by beating Pospisil, but then lost to Kashinov. Um, so I guess a, a solid third round result. That's what we can, you know, expect from Francis. Maybe he'll be the next Steve Johnson. He'll be between Steve Johnson and John Isner, I think. Uh, and uh but america has real hope of like a a a top five a future top five player in uh sebastian corda who uh he made it to the uh round of 16 lost to kashinov and maybe one of the weirder matches i can remember like there were 13 breaks of serve in the final set um yeah, Seven neither breaks guy. in a row. Seven breaks in a row or something at some point. Yeah, yeah Kashinov was serving for the match four times and was broken. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, that's was amazing. broken three of those times. Uh, yeah, and then I wonder if that's actually just... ever happened. I wonder if that's actually ever happened on the men's side. I could see Rafa doing that totally to somebody on clay. But the men's side at Wimbledon, I, I can imagine that's close to a record. Yeah, and it you probably know, hasn't happened in, like, the same set. You know, maybe somebody was serving for the match in the fourth set and then okay, serving fair. for the match again in the fifth set. But, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that was uh, a bizarre match. Think- but uh, Korda, in general, is very promising. He, he's got it all. Um, so we... Do you think... Do you think- do you think Fritz is a top 10 potential as well, or you see him as like a top 15? He could be like a Shapovalov, you know, always hovering around, or, or a Schwartzman always hovering between 10 and 20, but hard to get beyond that. I think Fritz is, could be like a Marty Fish type, where he has like one or two good years where he gets to like nine in the world. But uh, yeah, that might be his, the very outer limit of his range is like nine or 10 in the world. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I, you know, I still haven't had a chance to see him play that much. I just know he plays the good players well, and he seems like he's pretty mentally strong. Maybe he wasn't that mentally strong a year and a half or two years ago, but he seems like he's in the conversation, and he would be a relatively tough out in the draw. But you're right; I think he has more of a ceiling, a lower ceiling than than Corda does. Yeah, Corda just has has everything. Like Fritz is limited athletically. Uh Tiafo is limited uh like technique wise. Uh stroke wise, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh Corda has has a big serve. He's like a stellar athlete. He's like he's very smooth, he's got good feel, and he has a good temperament as well. I think it's just he needs more repetitions, but uh uh, he's, he's just got, he's like, he's kind of a total package player, um, and someone to really be excited about. He's like a blue chip uh, prospect. How many, how many repeats, uh, of players? I mean, again, it's a very small window of time. Is it two? Is it three? Is it four players who reached the round of 16 in b- at both the French, um, this summer as well as Wimbledon? We know for sure Berrettini and Djokovic. Anybody else who is at least in the round of 16 of both? I guess Zverev? 
Let's yeah, see. Let's see. Fourth round. Zverev uh, for sure because yeah, he lost Svera. in the quarters here. I mean, round of sixteen. I think Felix Rublev, or no? Rublev maybe. Uh, yeah. Um, no, Rublev may have lost in the first round actually of of Roland Garros. Yeah, I don't. Somebody, somebody weird. Yeah, Medvedev. Medvedev. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, it's it's not as many as normal. Like a lot of people who had really crappy French Opens came back with pretty good Wimbledons, like Felix. And Shapovalov didn't play yeah. uh Roland Garros. Um Feder like uh retired. Yeah, he, he made both. I guess he made both because he did retire in the round of sixteen, so yeah, he did technically make both. Um, yeah. Um but yeah, it is so are you? like Kashinov. Kashinov had a good Wimbledon, but uh, he was a non-factor in Roland Garros. Yeah, he had a really good Wimbledon. Do you think he'll be back more in that twelve to fifteen range? He's sort of had a ba- rough, rough time at the Grand Slams over the last year. You think this this is more indicative of what the next year or two hold for him, or do you think he just got um, he he exceeded? His uh, his level at, at, at even though he lost in, in five and in a tough fifth set yesterday, you think you think he's more back in the conversation? Uh, yeah, I mean, he could definitely be like around twelve or fifteen, but he's not going to be top ten. I don't think it's just a loaded top ten, uh, right now. And yeah, it's just yeah. I figure Schwartz Schwartzman could fall out of it. Federer could fall out of it. Maybe one or two could fall out of it, but then. I guess Berrettini's like, there to stay for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Berrettini, Shapovalov, uh, maybe Felix is finally going to ascend. Center is going to be yep. up there soon. Uh, yeah, I mean, Batista Agu, I guess, is going to drop because, uh, I mean. Well, he doesn't have to defend it. The points are not being counted, so he would only drop in whatever it is, August or something. And yeah. I don't even know how well he did at the U.S. Open, so. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he, he was he was sort of on track to win Wimbledon, but like he was obviously injured. He was too much of a gentleman to talk about it, but uh, yeah, he was obviously injured, which is like the only explanation for his loss against uh, Shapovalov. Um, and yeah, I guess uh, Shapovalov—that's a big name. He's been playing really well. He beat Murray. He beat. Uh, Bautista and Kashinov. He pummeled him. Yeah, he he's, pummeled Murray. He's like, yeah, he's like trounced his opponents and until Kashinov. Um, yeah, it's cool to see him put it together, and it's. Um, I mean, if if Dennis is playing his best, he can really test Novak because he's got such a huge game that. Um, like even even Novak, uh, it, it like he can hit balls, he can hit winners against anybody, even Novak, just because his shots are so huge. But um, he also has a big variance. You think he's gonna... Like he can, if his shots are going in, like he can just look look just like amazing. But Stop if it. he's but if he's just. He can also go on like error sprees where he hits seventy unforced errors in three sets. So the question is, will he? Is he going to have any gas? I mean, I know he's a high energy guy, but still, there has to be wear and tear. Will he have enough gas in the tank 
to 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 play the the long view tomorrow, or does he need to try to try to just go for winners? You know, go for broke, kind of a team approach to just teeing off on the ball whenever he can, and try to finish the points a little bit earlier tomorrow. I mean, that's he, hard to he, say he like, because we've never yeah. seen him this far. We've we've never seen him this late in a Grand Slam. He seems pretty physically fit. Uh, and he's definitely a strong competitor. Um, yeah. And Novak, one thing that I have, one, I guess, of the few chinks I've seen is that he does kind of get tired sometimes. Um, never when he's playing Rafa or Roger, like he's fully fit for those matches. But against um, slightly lesser players where his he's not as amped for it, maybe. He does. Uh, he does sometimes seem to flag uh, um, um, with his cardio. Uh, I don't know if that'll be a thing. He's probably like. I don't know how fit Shapovalov is, but uh, I think Dennis. If if there's no way he's gonna just blast Novak off the court. So if Dennis does win, it's gonna have to be a hard match. So. Uh, there's no way around it for Dennis. Um, whereas, like, Novak, uh, it's very possible that Novak will win just 6-2, 6-1, But, I mean, if ever somebody had nothing to lose, like, and, you, you know, we've all been in those matches where we're just, we don't fit, you know, where we're not, you know, nobody's betting on us. We've won some matches already, so we're in a pretty good group. I mean, if ever... Shapovalov is in a position to just be in the zone and play without a lick of fear would be tomorrow. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be some fireworks. I think they've had good matches on clay before. I don't know. I don't know if they've ever played on grass. Probably not. I mean, I don't don't even know how much they've played on hard court. I guess they had a good match maybe at the Aussie a year or two ago, but but Shapovalov plays him pretty tough. Maybe they had a match at the ATP Cup this year. Something. This year or last year. Can't keep up with it. But usually plays him pretty tough. So I think it won't be easy. I can't imagine it being straight sets unless Shapovalov is slightly tired or injured. Then, yeah, it will be It will be demolition derby. Yeah. Uh... The, second, the second match seems like it's the match, you know, under the radar, but an awesome match and a match that features two players who have had a very good 2021 and are worthy of the spot maybe as worthy of that semi-final spot as anybody yeah i mean berrettini had an awesome french open where uh he was really he he had a really 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 good groove in third and fourth set against novak and novak was sort of lucky to get out of that match in four and he carried that momentum to the grass season i think was it hal that he won um yeah he won how and uh and he also yeah he's just cruised through the tournament he lost the set to felix but was able he was clearly the better player in that match and uh won the fourth set convincingly and then uh Herkach, he he beats medvedev in five he crushes Federer. the final set was 6-0 and uh i mean this isn't a fluke. He won Miami this year, a Masters 1000. Um, so, yeah, like, uh, he's sort of... Uh, he's sort of this skinny, like, dopey-looking Pol- Polish guy, but uh, he's also one of the... 
he's also having one of the best seasons on tour. Uh, and I guess he can go under the radar. Uh, but I mean, this guy, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's legit. He, he beat Federer at Wimbledon. Um, yeah, he's won a Masters 1000. Yeah, now he's in the semifinals of a Grand Slam um, playing well. So, uh, yeah, that match, uh, I would go Berrettini, but um, we just don't have enough data to really to really call it because, uh, yeah, neither has been in the semis. I, actually, was Berrettini in the semis of the U.S. Open once? Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he should have won, won the first set. The last time Rafa played, he won. He was in the semis. He should have won the first set, but he he had a good U.S. Open. He was pounding away and pounding away. Definitely a good good one. Yeah. 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 Okay. Peter. Peter's joining us. Hey, Peter. We're we're talking about the semis with Hercotch and Berrettini. Great. Um. I I think my uh, I think we all had that in our brackets. Um, and Berrettini is well. You did is, have Berrettini. Uh, you did have Berrettini. Yeah, I, I think he's the clear sure. favorite. But Hercash's scores against I don't know Federer looked really old. Uh, he, yeah. Um, so, so did he look like uh, like thirty eight year old Tim Duncan or forty year old Dirk? Uh, in between. Probably closer to Duncan, but Duncan wasn't the best player in the NBA. He just was a good player on a championship team. Yeah, that's what I would say too. Like, uh, like if Federer had a really good team around him, he may might have. But like tennis is an individual sport, um, and like, yeah, yeah. So he, yeah, like the old over the hill guy is probably not going to win a Grand Slam. Like. Uh, like Connor's made the semifinals of the U.S. Open at thirty-nine, and yeah, he wasn't going to win that tournament. You can argue yeah, that man. Sampras was Sampras was close when he won his last title. Like he was the twelfth seed and was losing he was pretty 20, convincingly. He was like the twentieth seed or something. He was way. He was like had to play. He had like Roddick in the round of sixteen. I think Roddick was seated higher than him. Something like that. He was low seed. Yeah, maybe it was twelve. Yeah, he, he was fully. He was fully ugly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... The thing is, but but I think it becomes just just um, just Federer. Just you know, just I mean, did he really think? And well, Federer fans, right? If he, you know, if he sort of lives on his old glory, then he thinks, okay, I got a grand slam in him, but only if the draw opens up for him. Like, there was no, I mean, I was bullish on him making the finals because I, I just haven't seen the Polish guy play, so I didn't know if he had enough, and I figured, you know, Fed would just use experience against Berrettini in the semis, but, like, I didn't even think, I didn't think he would win the finals. Is he smart just to keep playing until he sort of said all of his goodbyes, or do you try to go out, you know, semi on top saying, hey, you know, I only played five tournaments this year. The last real tournament I played was the Aussie, and I did pretty well. And before that, I made it to almost one Wimbledon. So do you go off on a high note, or do you just go out and, and say your goodbyes and have your farewell tour? I mean, either way, I don't think he, he should be begrudged. But what, what, what would you do? What would you do just in, you know, in terms of the legacy, in terms of his own, you know, sense of what he wants out of the sport? 
I think it depends on what he enjoys. You know, like if he still likes the game, even if he's losing earlier than he used to, then might as well do a farewell tour. People love Roger Federer. Yeah, I also think, I mean, on the flip side, he could retire whenever he wants because uh, Uniqlo, that deal he signed, uh, he signed that $300 million deal where he still gets paid if he retires. So it's like, he won't be collecting appearance fees, but, but, I mean, he'll still be getting paid, and he'll still be Roger Federer, and he'll still have, like, he'll still be president of switzerland one day if he wants to but he probably won't <laughs> how, want to how much you know does, uh, how much does Djokovic beating his record like tarnish roger federer i don't think it would i don't know if it tarnishes yeah i think it, it just valorizes joker and nadal will both beat his record they're both rafa and, and novak are going to beat his record there's just no way they don't make it past 20 so R- rafa might not the the love for Got federer him. is has always been sort of like an aesthetic one. And so it's just like, I think no matter if Novak gets to like 26, Federer (laughs) fans will still just say Roger is the greatest ever. And it's like where the only argument is just aesthetic. Like he's like what they want a champion to look like and play like. And, and uh, yeah, they'll find reasons why Federer they'll, they'll like, uh, They'll figure out an argument for, like, why Roger is the greatest, even though every statistical and, like, basically eye test argument for, like, just tennis, level of tennis points to Novak. Well, but that's also what Novak's, like, three years ago, the argument was probably right. I mean, he won, you know, he made the... Finals 2018, he won the Aussie. He was pretty solid. 2019, Fed as the first serve away from winning Wimbledon at 37, almost 38. Like the argument was valid. It just had an expiration date because Joker just chose to binge, you know, in his fourth iteration of himself. And and Roth is still there. I mean, maybe he's a forehand volley away or one or two shots in the breaker away from winning the French this year. So. He's certainly, you know, he's certainly the the favorite going. I mean, I think he's still the favorite going into the French next year, and and always a threat at any other tournament. He might have been in the finals of this tournament if he played, if he just if he had an extra week to train. But yeah, there's no way objectively you can make the argument that other than Federer just playing well late into his 30s, which we just don't have any data on the other two, you know, playing that far into their career, and maybe they don't have to. Yeah. Um, I mean, Federer's had the longevity. He's had good longevity, at least. You can give him credit, right? He's the third best player of all time, I guess. I mean, is that right? The third best? I think he will end up the third best once it's all said and done, just from every statistical argument. I mean, maybe Roger and Rafa will be sort of close statistically. Uh, Rafa will probably end up with. Like, Rafa, he's sort of, he hasn't won the year-end. There's, there are just tournaments he hasn't won, you know? Like, he never performed well in Asia. Um, and he never, but he, like, crushed clay, and that should count, you know? Um, 
Yeah, the, the Rafa argument is what if a proportional amount of Grand Slams were on clay? Yeah. Um, but, but uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think that there will be kind of, it, there will be some gray area in terms of who's better between those Nadal and Federer, but Djokovic will clearly be better than those two. Yeah, and I think Nadal fans will just, be like, yeah, Novak. We uh, we know Novak is better. Um, we like Rafa more. We cheered for him, but um, Novak is the greater player. Whereas Federer fans, it's sort of cultish, and like so much of his of like the way they've talked about him for so long has been like as the greatest. Uh, whereas like it really is just like. Yeah, an aesthetic thing, and so there will yeah, be a lot of... Admitting that admitting that Federer is no longer the greatest would mean admitting that you were wrong for the last 10 years when he hasn't been <laughs> the greatest, and the stats just had to catch up to the fact that he was not the greatest. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, um, back to, I guess, the current tournament. Um, does anybody test... So is no... Does Novak have this just in the bag, or will what are what odds would you give it that Novak like loses one in five? Well, five, I was gonna say five to two that he wins. I guess it's two to five that he loses, right? Something like that. Maybe six, 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 six to two. Yeah, one to three. <laughs> who do you think has the best chance of beating him? Um, it has Berrettini. Berrettini. Berrettini, if he gets in, a, it gets in the in a true groove. You know, if a guy serving well, has no chance of beating him. Like, <laughs> like Felix. Felix was Felix kind of got to the quarters playing really poorly. He was going to lose to Kyrgios, and then he yeah. almost he almost let a two zero lead slip to to uh, Zverev. And, uh, yeah, I, I just think that Berrettini has no chance. I think that, uh, I think Shapovalov is the one who has a fraction of a chance because his highest level is just, like, so, he can, like, compete with anyone if he's really making his shots. But that's, like, 1 in 20. Uh, I feel like this is a really, really safe bet for Djokovic. And I think that he, he, I'm betting him just steamrolling. I don't think he'll lose a set. Yeah, I mean, 1 in 20, I think it's, it's like sort of better odds that he has to withdraw because of injury than that somebody just outright beats him. Um, so neither, neither is like going to happen. Yeah, uh, I can't imagine he's he's even he's even feeling any nerves because he's already got one more major this year than maybe you know like coming into Wimbledon at the beginning of the year. If somebody said, "All right, you you will have captured one major in 2021," how you feel about it? You'd probably you know take that. It's not the ideal, but I would definitely take it. You know, he's 100 percent playing with the house's money, even though. 
Shapovalov is the highest. No, Berrettini is the highest seed, I guess, other than him, which is seventh. But I can't imagine. He just, my guess is he's just, well, he might have been a little bit tense against Rafa and a little bit tense against Sitsipas. I can't imagine he's feeling particularly tense, which only helps his cause even more. Yeah. Um... I mean, I think he would tense up at the U.S. Open if he's literally playing for the calendar year Grand Slam. But I think right now he's probably pretty loosey-goosey. Yeah, I mean, when he got by Kudla, he was just like, okay, downhill from here. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think he may uh, he may I think he's probably taking Shapovalov seriously because Shapo's pushed him a few times in in uh, international play, and he's just like a big game player. He he he's really good. I think he might be one of the better of the young guys at, at really upping his game when it matters most. And I think Djokovic knows that. Yeah. Uh, so Djokovic, I think, is 6-0 and against Dennis, but the last like two or three matches have all been very tight. Yeah, well, that's, Joker that's another thing. He, he, he actually competes well against Djokovic. Um, but he's never done it in the semifinals of a slam. And, you know, Medvedev competed well against Djokovic until he was in the finals of the Australian Open against him. <laughs> is the game, is the dominance making the game boring or is it making the game interesting but predictable? I, I think it's better when there are two or three people who are dominant than one. Yeah, I agree. Like, I was bored by Federer's dominant stretch between 2004 and 2007. And, uh, yeah, like, yeah, it's better Yeah, when they're, like, yeah, three or four people. Like, for example, the women's game, uh, I think the most fun, like, when I was, I would follow it more when it was, like, Hingis, like, the Williams sisters, like, uh, Davenport could get one, like, uh, whereas, like, now when it's just, like, wide open, like, it, it's, it's, like, even, it's, like, probably more likely that it'll be, like, a 20 through 30 seed than, like, a 1 through 10 seed that's going to win a women's Grand Slam. It's just, like, it's just, like, too many names to keep track of for the average fan. You have to... Yeah, what the women's game really needed was for Osaka and Andrescu to really become, uh, like, perennial, just, like, dominant stars. And Osaka sort of has, but she's um, got her kind of... uh, Her... Her, her, her mental, um, uh, I, I stuff just that's, like that's, that's like legitimate. Um, and then Andrescu just like can't stay healthy. Yeah, and uh, and so that that just derailed the the game for a while. I think. Yeah. Whereas, like the men's, like. I think maybe the worst outcome for this tournament is, like, Hercotch winning. Just because he's just some random schmo. Sort of, like, unless you actually follow tennis. 
pretty closely. You probably don't know who this guy is. And I mean, he, he has like a, he's like got a nice vibe, like a good persona, but he's not charismatic. Um, and so, yeah, that would be, yeah, that would be maybe, I mean, if he won it, like prop, if he wins it props to him, uh, according to Boris Becker, he's charismatic. <laughs> no, that was Fuxovich, right? His wife is. <laughs> yeah, was it? Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Same, same. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty boring. Um, Whereas, like, if Berrettini or Chapeau won it, that would be maybe the best outcome for the sport, just because. It's one of these young guys who you've been, like, for a long time hyping up, finally stepping up to the mantle. Yeah, and you have one more young, you have one more Grand Slam champion who you can market as a Grand Slam champion for the next 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. And especially if they do it by beating Djokovic. Yeah. If if Shapovalov. Because team won a, a Grand Slam. But he did not do it by beating Djokovic or beating the doll. Yeah, the, yeah, his is more, and that was like, I mean, people don't often like a lot of times people don't off don't remember the match, at least. But like, everyone who watched that match remembers just how badly Sverevin team played in that fifth set. <laughs> but I think there can be a little bit of back down to earth going on because we, there, there's a lot of, in, and not just in in, uh, in tennis, we're sort of spoiled by the very worthy champions. But in basketball, we're seeing it this year where a lot of injuries have made it so that there's going to be a champion who's who would get crushed by the last 10 champions. Um and so it's just sort of the natural course of things that there's an outlier year or something. I mean, Chapovalov. I, 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 I take offense to that. Chapovalov won Junior Wimbledon, <laughs> so he he could theoretically win this tournament and then win another Wimbledon. Uh, and it might not history if he won this tournament. It might not seem like an outlier tournament um, ten years from now. No, no. Who who are you saying, Chapovalov? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that if he wins it, it's tainted. Like, he'll have to beat Djokovic. But I'm saying that team's title was like yeah, a, a, JV, a JV Grand Slam. The way team gets over that is winning, like, two or three more Grand Slams and just having them be varsity Grand Slams. Like, if, if that is his only Grand Slam title, then uh, I think people will see it as just, like, uh, he's... It's kind of a fake, right? They'll, they'll sort of associate him with, like, Chilich. Even though Chilich, like, owned his Grand Slam. Uh, yeah, Chilich's was more of a legitimate Grand Slam. Yeah. But, I mean, who do you think... Uh, who do you... Who, who if both of them retired today, who would you look at as having had the better career? Like, to Chilich or team? Uh, uh, definitely. Actually, I don't know. Probably hard to say. Pro- they're probably in the same, same, same kind of echelon. Team is more of a fan favorite. Uh, 
but Chilich has had the longer career. Probably team, though. I think team, just because he's been a staple in the top five for more and has better head-to-heads against the big three. Yeah, and he's so good on clay. Um, like, one thing you can say for team is that his Grand Slam wasn't on his best surface. Um, and he might have, like, three or four Grand Slams if Rafa weren't around. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, but, he yeah, he wasn't at Wimbledon, and this isn't clay, this is grass. Um, does either of you have anything else to add? Um, the other one, the other point is, would this be Djokovic's easiest Grand Slam ever? Like, this is sort of an underrated cakewalk Grand Slam for Djokovic. Yeah. Uh, who was his best opponent? So, Shapovalov is going to be, I guess he played Garin, was a seed. Um, he didn't There's have to play There's a clay quarter on grass. Yeah. Yeah, the only seed he's played, like, I guess Kevin Anderson was a tough draw second round, but... Like, he's, like, past his prime and Joker thrashed him. Uh, and then, yeah. This he, might be easier than Nadal's U.S. Open. Because didn't Nadal have to go through Delpo, at least? Yeah, yeah, Nadal had to go through Delpo. And that was actually, like, a yeah, pretty tough match. Yeah, this one of the easiest Grand Slams a big three has ever won. <laughs> Um, there was, uh, I think Joker had one really easy Grand Slam where he played, like, Malfis in the semifinals in the U.S. Open, and before that, he had, like, had, like, four straight withdrawals against him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, this might be number two. Um, yeah, Rafa should have played... <laughs> Yeah. Although we don't know how hurt he is. Um, anyway, yeah, Mark, do you have anything? Do you have anything you'd like to say? Mark has nothing he'd like to say. Um, yeah, I think that about does it for our uh, pre semifinal analysis. Hit us up on Twitter at Doubles Alley Pod if. Uh, if you didn't like something we said, or if you, you know, especially liked something we said. Um, and yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be back after the finals to, to debrief. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening and La Bamba.